When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 70 of Podcast Royal, where we continue to mourn Her Majesty the Queen. You know, Jessica, we talked a few months ago about how excited we were for our 70th episode, our very own Platinum Jubilee episode, if you will. And this is our 70th episode. And I have to tell you, I could not be less excited about reporting this news if you paid me. How are you today? You know, I um, just before we started recording, I posted a story on my personal Instagram. Um, I was having a cup of English breakfast tea and remembering Queen Elizabeth. Um, I, the past several days, have been following along with, um, you know, her her coffin at Balmoral. And then today, of course, you know, we'll talk about this. They, they moved it to London, but um, it's just been, you know, it, it's been sort of a just a sad, you know, couple of days here as we've watched both what, you know, the, the UK going through their mourning period and then also in the US people have been remembering 9-11 over the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's been um, just kind of a, a somber past few days, but um, how about you? How have you been? Yeah, I mean, I, you and I just jokingly made a, a bet offline of uh, the over-under of whether I would cry. And look, I have no shame in crying. There's no shame in getting emotional, which obviously I did multiple times um, on Thursday. But, you know, it's it's a whole lot. Like, it's it, it hurts to read those words, not out loud, but when you are reading these words out loud, they have such a gravity to them and reading like when I read that she died peacefully at Balmoral, it just, I mean, it had just happened that we recorded that just hours after she died. And I have, I mean, to answer your original question, I am doing okay. It's, it's very, it's just all so sad. And the thing is, is that it's not, and nor should it be the type of situation where it happens and it's over within a couple of days. This is a woman that deserves every minute of this mourning period, but this is a mourning period. She passed away on September 8th. She, the mourning period will extend until September 26th. So this is a long haul, you know, and you've got to pace yourself and, um, you know, there's been a lot of um, high emotions. We're going to try to cover everything in this episode of what's happened from Thursday to today, which just to timestamp this episode, we're recording on Tuesday evening, as we always do, even though our episodes come out on Wednesdays. So, it's, it's really, it's a long haul journey. And I've, I read an article, my mom sent me an article that the queen's death is triggering for so many people, very few of whom obviously knew her personally, but it reminds us all of losing a grandmother, you know, and I, I that, that same thing it, it does. And it, and while it's been sad, it's also been, um, you know, I don't know what the right word is, but um, I've smiled several times as I've seen 
footage of her um, throughout the years with family and Prince Philip and, you know, old photos. And um, it's been, you know, I, I've enjoyed seeing those. And so I totally understand what you're where you're coming from. And I agree. And I, I may have mentioned this last week, but um, you just can tell how widely she was loved across the world. So many people from so many countries beyond, you know, England and, and the United Kingdom um, have really just shown an outpouring of, of love and respect for her, which is, you know, just an a testament to the person that she was. Oh, absolutely. And listeners, please take care of yourselves. Um, Jessica and I are reporting on this, but we also realize that many of you are very invested in this story. And this is a long haul journey. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So please take care of yourselves, take care of yourselves emotionally. Some of you have reached out on our DMs. We're happy to receive those. We're certainly not licensed professional counselors, but you know, we're, we're definitely happy to share in the emotions of the moment with you, but let's all take care of ourselves and realize that crying is okay, mourning is okay, feeling sad is okay, feeling triggered is okay, but let's take care of ourselves through this process. And I know, I mean, that's what it feels like to me. It feels like I've lost my third grandmother and it's bringing up a lot of feelings. It just so happened to be that my grandmother, my own grandmother, my beloved grandmother passed away almost 10 years exactly from when the queen did. And so it's, it's that, that was already circulating in listen long time, or I guess not long time, but you know, if you've been listening for more than a couple episodes, you know, that I had a pretty major loss in my family this, this summer. And so it's just kind of all, it's just a lot of grief. It's a lot of grief. And so I just hope everyone is doing okay. And if you're not, that's okay too, but just please give yourself the attention that you deserve. And we had always, Jessica and I had always planned to return from our summer break today, which is September 13th for the episode to come back September 14th. Obviously we never in a million years thought that we would be reporting on this news. I mean, I think we were planning on having a really fun episode 70 and Mm -hmm. this is not fun. And um, we normally open each show for new listeners with what something called what we're into, where we share something usually a non-royal something that we're into. We also then go into Jessica's fashion pick of the week, but in light of the circumstances, we're going to bypass both of those segments as well as obviously our lifestyle segment, which we usually do at the end of the show or any interviews, it's just gonna be us today. And we're going to go straight into the Royal Rundown where we will stay most of the time. I think we have a really small Royals around the world, but. First, Jessica, I'd love it if you, this is, this, this segment, it was not really a segment. This part is not at all meant to be braggadocious, but we want you to check out our work. So will you tell our listeners where we've been in the media these past few days? Yeah. So, um, we actually, Rachel and I, was it, was it on Friday, Rachel? I think it was. It was Friday. These, all the days are blurring together. It was Friday. Actually, it was Friday, right when Charles was making his first speech. So who knows yeah. how many people were watching us, but it was Friday around lunchtime. Yeah, we had the opportunity to report live on Cheddar News. Um, we talked about the Queen's time on the throne when she when she took the throne. We talked about her fashion through the years, her relationship with Prince Philip, and just how loved she was by so many people around the world. Um, we were what we were on for about ten minutes or so, five or ten minutes maybe, mm-hmm. um, reporting on 
on the Queen, and it was um, it was a great experience, Rachel and I. Obviously, a sad reason to be on reporting, but um, we wanted to just share that on here for our listeners. So, um, you know, if we have any any screenshots from that, maybe we'll post them on our Instagram. Um, yeah. But it, it was a new opportunity for both of us together yeah. anyway to report. You you've done before, and you have you have more to share. But um, for both of us to go on together, it was new. And so appreciated. I would rather be with you a hundred thousand times than be by myself. I, that's, that's my favorite. I, I want you to be with me every appearance henceforth, but I also had the opportunity to be on CNN's new day, which is their morning show on Friday. Um, I've got some upcoming stuff with BBC and MSNBC coming again. Like I'm saying these things and I feel like I'm talking about someone else. Um, I actually, CNN actually, thankfully and unbelievably asked me back for a couple times this week, but I had to turn them down because I have a full-time job and I'm covering the, the funeral and all kinds of things for, for Marie Claire. And so I, um, I was actually at a friend's house last night and I, and CNN called, this is Monday night and I had to say no. And she was like, who are you? Like standing in my living room, turning (laughs) down, turning down CNN. And I said, I know this is a a strange life, but, um, I'm not a huge TV appearances person. I, I would, I think I told someone this week, I'd rather do 10,000 podcasts than one TV appearance. You have to go through (laughs) hair, makeup, all the things, but, um, I'm also covering the um, just the Operation London Bridge, for lack of a better term, and the funeral for Marie Claire. I am the weekend editor there for listeners that didn't know that. So please check out our coverage there. And um, also, I have, a, I guess, a bit of levity in this sad time. So speaking of Marie Claire, I actually had the opportunity to interview none other than Sarah Ferguson, Duchess of York, for Marie Claire. That article was actually going to come out September 6th but we were waiting on something. And then of course the queen passed away. And so we won't be publishing the article until after the morning period is over. So it'll probably dip into October, but um, just the, the fact that I was able to speak to the Duchess of York and then was able to, after the queen died, pass along my personal condolences to her is just, again, I'm living someone else's life, but we're saying this again, not to be braggadocious, but just to tell you that you can find us out in uh, media reporting, sharing our opinions. And obviously this will always be our primary vehicle to share our opinions about the Royals podcast Royal will be, but uh, check us out other places too. And it was really cool to be able to, to be there with you, Jessica. Again, I would rather have you there than ever be alone so yeah and I'll I'll share some insider tips for listeners if you ever do see us on there let me tell you um you aren't prepped with questions before <laughs> so are you talking about asked- my my literally answering one of the questions with <laughs> I don't know so I'm not gonna talk about that yeah we uh we had no idea so we got asked lots of surprise questions and had to stay on our toes but of course it was fun and um we would definitely do it again <laughs> yeah absolutely so all right let's move into the royal rundown which is going to obviously take up most of this episode so I think the logical way to do this is to talk about everything since Thursday first, and then we'll cycle back to what happened over our break, which all kind of seems irrelevant at this point, but we'll, we'll get there, but we're going to start with the immediacy of, I guess, 
King Charles III's reign, which began on Thursday. So we last checked in with you on Thursday evening. And as you know, if you're following this developing story at all, there has been plenty that has occurred since, how many days has it been since Thursday, like five, six, something like that. And it's just, it's, it's a whirlwind. So we will try to hit everything that has happened since we last recorded our apologies. If we inadvertently missed something, there are so many moving parts to Operation London Bridge, but Jessica, doesn't it give you comfort to know that for nearly 60 years, since the 1960s, Her Majesty knew about these plans. She knew that all of this would happen day one, day two, day three, and this is what she wanted. And that gives me comfort. Does that give you any comfort? Yes, absolutely. I was just thinking about that today. You know, she's known about this. She's had a part in this. And, you know, I feel like uh, this is just another kind of thought to how she um, wanted things in her role and, and how she thought about other people. You know, we don't know if her personal preference deep down may have been to, you know, not go through all of this, you know, as we know, Prince Philip wanted something small and, and private, but, um, she knew her role and she knew how, uh, as we mentioned last week, you know, when she said she needed to be um, seen to be believed, I've seen that quoted several times, and we mentioned that on, mm-hmm. on Cheddar News, but um, she knew how important it would be um, as the queen and to all of the people who loved her and wanted to mourn alongside with the royal family, and so she knew all of this and had a hand in that, and I was just thinking about that this week. Um you know, how much of it was what she really wanted versus what she knew the people wanted. Yeah. And I think it's probably a mixture of both. And I think so. Yeah. So let's back up to the days before Her Majesty's death at Balmoral. So reports are coming out that her final days at her favorite place were quote unquote full of fun, which of course makes me so happy to hear and work too, of course, on Tuesday, just 48 hours before her death, she appointed new prime minister, Liz Truss. Apparently she fell ill so quickly on Thursday that no one was really prepared. I read something today on people, uh, Jenna Bush Hager from the Today Show was in Scotland, I believe to interview Camilla. And the night before on Wednesday night of last week, she had dinner with Prince Charles, who the, the, the then Prince Charles, I should say, that's going to take me some time to get used <laughs> to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slip up a couple of times, just saying. Um, but obviously, if anyone on Wednesday night knew that the queen was ill, if Charles, especially in Scotland, he, she, he would not have been with Jenna Bush Hager, no disrespect to Jenna Bush Hager, who is lovely. But um, so that, that shows you how quickly this all happened. They were having dinner Wednesday night. It was jolly. It was fun. It was full of laughter, Jenna said. Um, and no one was really prepared for September 8th to be the day. But the Archbishop of the Archbishop, excuse me, of Canterbury, who met with Her Majesty in June, said she had no fear of death. I mean, she was 96 years old. She lived a full life. Her partner, Philip, had has been gone for 17 months. Um, she, she, I believe, was ready whenever the time came mm-hmm. and then the time came. So for a full recap of what happened on Thursday, please go back to episode 69. I personally cannot stand to repeat all of that again. So let's, if, if we can, let's start on Friday and pick up there. Yeah, so in Charles' first address as king on Friday, he officially named William and Kate the Prince and Princess of Wales. 
Um, William has already expressed his deep affection for Wales, and Wales is actually the first place he and Kate lived together as newlyweds. So they lived in Anglesey from 2011 to 2013. Just after Prince George was born um, is when they moved from Wales, and they are actually supposedly already planning a trip to Wales soon. Their office released a comment on their behalf saying that they intend to support the aspirations of the Welsh people and shine a spotlight on the challenges and opportunities in front of them. And William also said that they will seek up to live to I'm sorry, they'll seek to live up to the proud contribution that members of the royal family have made in years past. And then, of course, we remember William, Kate, George, and Charlotte's trip to Wales to Cardiff Castle during the Platinum Jubilee last June, of course, never knowing then how quickly life would change and how they would be the prince and princess of Wales inside of about three months. And in his speech, which I really encourage all of you to take a listen to, it's about 10 minutes long. I found it on YouTube. I've, I've been, it's weird. It's, I've been reporting on everything as it's been happening yet. I've been, it's been going so fast that I haven't been able to watch anything in, in full and in totality until afterwards. So I think I finally watched Charles's speech from Friday on Sunday in full, but in his speech, Charles in a major olive branch expressed his love for Harry and Meghan, which I love to hear. He said that they continue to build their lives overseas and Harry and Meghan, by the way, are considering flying out Archie and Lily as they will remain in the UK through not just the funeral, which is September 19th. We'll talk about that, but also the seven day mourning period after the funeral, which will put them here until at the very least September 26th. Um, Unfortunately, I feel like so many major deaths in Harry's life have happened right around his birthday. Of course, Diana died August 31st, just a couple of weeks before his 13th birthday back in 1997. But now the Queen has died exactly one week prior to Harry's 38th birthday, which is on Thursday, September 15th. Uh, that's again, it's such unfortunate timing, exactly one week after the Queen's death. But again, I still find it to be. If it's a little bit miraculous that Harry and Meghan were in the United Kingdom when this all happened. They came for one week's worth of engagements. We'll talk about that in a minute, but obviously never expected to stay nearly the entire month of September. I think they got here on September 3rd, and they'll be here until at minimum September 26th. So they, um, they did not bring the children with them for their one week of charitable engagements. The children are with Megan's mom, Doria in Montecito right now, but I have, I have even written a story and have heard from multiple places that they're probably going to fly the kids out, whether we'll see them at the funeral. I don't know. The kids are really young. Archie's three, Lily's just one, but, um, that's a long time to be away from mom and dad. So I respect whatever decision they make there. Yeah, that is a long time. Um, we also saw that Charles has officially named Camilla as his queen consort. Um, listeners will remember Queen Elizabeth actually expressed her support of Camilla as queen consort earlier this year. Um, so we did expect this to happen. Um, in addition, Charles' counselors of state are set to include his wife Camilla and the first four members of the line of succession who are over 21. So that's William, Harry, Andrew, and now Beatrice. Um, this is a new role for her that she'll be stepping into. So um, we'll- That's uh, a huge role for Beatrice. And, yeah. and this, is, this is based off of, I think 
I think it's the 1937 Regency Act. And so previously the council, the Queen's counselors of state were Philip when he was alive. So the spouse gets a spot. And then, like you just said, the four, the first four members of the line of succession who are over 21. So it used to be Charles, William, Harry, Andrew. And now that Charles is king, Beatrice moves up because she is ninth in the line of succession, but the other uh, members of the family that are pushing her down are George, Charlotte, and Louis, and Archie and Lily, who are obviously all under the age of nine. So this is huge for Beatrice, and I'm really happy for her. This, yeah. is, this is a big moment for her. And this is assuming that, that, that Charles is going to go with this, which he likely will. I don't know what's going to happen um, with the Andrew equation yet, or the Harry equation for that matter, but regardless, Beatrice will be there. So mm -hmm. good for her. So, um, okay, let's jump to Saturday. So in a stunning display of unity, and I mean stunning, I was not expecting this. And when I saw this photo, it took my breath away. Um, William and Kate personally asked Harry and Meghan to join them on a walkabout at Windsor Castle, where they greeted mourners and viewed floral displays for the queen. Um, I want to pause there for a moment because I know that you saw it right around the time that I did. What were your thoughts when you saw the four of them together? I was really surprised. I was watching it live on the news. Um, and so I watched the whole event go through. Um, it was just really, really beautiful seeing the public out there and all of the flowers and everyone so excited to um, to pay their respects and, and to greet you know, the Royals as they came through, but, um, but yeah, I was, I was not expecting to see all four of them there at all. I, I was thinking it would just be, um, William and Kate. I have to tell you, because some people are saying that it was staged and that it wasn't, you know, they like, doesn't mean anything for the reconciliation, whatever hater like that, like think what you want. But my hope, of course, as anybody who wants the success of this family and familial bonds to to be rekindled here. I mean, I hope that this is the beginning of of a new chapter and I I hope that this brings peace. I I think somewhere the queen and princess Diana as well are very happy with that big move by William and Kate to ask Harry and Meghan to join them. It it was grief is a lot of things. It's brutal but it is a uniter. It is, it, it unites us. And um, whether it's unites us as a world right now, or as a country, meaning the UK, or as a family, I, I hope that, I, I mean, maybe I'm a Pollyanna, but I hope that this is the beginning of, of mending some fences. And well, go ahead. I, I think it, you know, it really speaks a lot to, to William and, and his character. And, you know, yeah. I think he sort of stepped outside of, everything that's been going on at the end of the day, you know, this is his brother um, and it's his brother's grandmother. And um, they, you know, they need to mourn together and they need to have that time together. And I think he also did it, you know, out of respect for what he thought maybe his grandmother would want. And also his father, you know, he, he said in his speech that he wants to honor his father as King. And he had just seen his father give this speech where he talked about his love for Harry and Megan. And, mm -hmm. and I think he made that gesture, um, as, as a brother. Um, and, and I thought that was incredibly kind of him and Kate. Absolutely. And it's kind of like Charles threw the pitch with his speech on Friday and then William knocked it out of the park, I think. And so I, I say, well done you to, to William and to Kate as well for, for having them come. 
also at the walkabout, we, oh my gosh, like it, I don't think I'm going to get emotional. Don't try y'all. Not that there's anything wrong with getting emotional, but um, sweetest story coming from Kate to a mourner at Windsor Castle talking about Prince Louis, who keep in mind is only four years old. And sometimes young children are the wisest of us all. But apparently when he found out, Louis found out that uh, the queen had died, who of course is his great grandmother, he said at quote, at least granny is with great grandpa now. I mean, that's a four-year-old and what, what beautiful words of comfort from sweet Louie, who we all fell in love with over the summer. And just like, I'm getting goosebumps saying that what a sweet, sweet boy. And William released a poignant statement on Saturday about his grandmother I really encourage you, if you haven't read it, which if you're following this story, I'm sure you have. This just came out on Saturday, but um, please get on the, this is interesting to say, the Prince and Princess of Wales Instagram, not the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge anymore, the Prince and Princess of Wales Instagram and, and read it in full. But he said that while he is grieving, he still feels incredibly grateful to have had her wisdom and reassurance into his fifth decade. Kate, for her part, I mean, logically, we know this, but Kate has known the queen for over 20 years. So that's half of her life. She's, Mm -hmm. she's been able to be mentored by her majesty. And William said of her majesty, quote, she was by my side in my happiest moments. And she was by my side during the saddest days of my life, which makes me think of Balmoral and how 25 years ago in 1997, I mean, we just passed Diana's quarter century anniversary, nearly to the day 25 years ago, William and Harry were there at Balmoral with the queen when they found out that Diana had died. And now here we are at Balmoral again. And, and the queen is gone 25 years, almost to the day later. It's, it's unbelievable the passing of time and how quickly it goes and also how slow it is sometimes. But my favorite line perhaps from William's statement is a note of wisdom from the queen who said grief is the price we pay for love. And isn't that so true? So do you have any thoughts on William's statement? Yeah, I mean, I I read it also and thought it was incredibly sweet and touching and just really personal, you know? I mean, you, you just feel the emotions that he's going through and, um, you know, to talk about how, you know, she was was the queen, but she was his grandmother too. And she's been there all of these moments throughout his life. Um, you know, his wife has had so much time getting to know her as well. And, um, I really, I felt his, his statement was really, really touching. Um, I read it a couple of times and, um, it's, you know, anytime a family member releases something personal like that, um, I feel like it's just, thoughtful of them to kind of share in those moments with the public when they don't have to. So, yeah. And, um, we're going to get to Harry's statement in a second, but I just thought of this Anne actually just released a statement today, Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And she said that she was privileged to be with her mother for the final 24 hours of her life. And we'll talk about this in a second, but Anne has not left her mother's side for one second, the entire drive. Uh, he, she has been with that coffin the mm-hmm. entire time, like just, I mean, Anne is really, Anne is really moving me, um, throughout, throughout this week. She is, she is really, 
really touching my heart. But Harry also released a statement, which I thought was beautiful as well. He called his grandmother a guiding compass. And he actually quoted her majesty from her holiday address last year when she was speaking about Prince Philip's death, when she said, life, of course, consists of final partings as well as first meetings, which is beautiful. And he went on to say that she is sorely missed and he thanked her for her commitment to service, her sound advice and her infectious smile. And he closed by saying how glad he is that the queen and Philip are reunited again, both at peace. So what were your thoughts on Harry's statement? Yeah, you know, I mean, again, it was another, um, another personal note from a grandson about his grandmother. And um, I thought, I thought it was thoughtful of him as well to share that statement. And and he quoted her and, you know, his statement was, um, you know, it's different than Williams, but it was kind of the same sort of sentiment, um, same kind of feeling as, as Williams. So um, I know, I, I think I've read, I think I've read all of them that have come out now and they're all just, um, just really sweet ways of honoring her majesty. You know whose statement I want to read that if it's out there, I haven't read it is Sophie's because Sophie and the queen were so close. I want to yeah, hear what I, she has to say. I don't know if she um, has released anything officially. I haven't seen anything from her or, um, or really any of the, the others outside of the immediate family, but um well, I mean, and I guess she would consider her immediate family too, yeah. but I do recall her being really choked up and upset when Prince Philip passed away. So mm-hmm. um, I imagine this has been really difficult for her as well. Yeah. And um, you can find Harry's statement. Uh, they don't have social media uh, yet anyway. I mean, Megan said in the cut that she was getting back on social media. We're, we'll talk about that later, kind of, but um, you can find Harry's statement on the Archwell website. And many are asking, and as of today, Archie and Lily are still listed on the royal family's website as master and miss. Um, that is likely by Harry and Meghan's choice. Harry and Meghan are not using HRH styles for themselves. So it's very doubtful that Archie and Lily will either. And so a lot of people want to make much ado about this, but I don't think that it's anything other than Harry and Meghan's choice. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of debates back and forth too over protocol and, you know, how the rules work. And, you know, I I think that's going to be something that none of us are really get fully able to understand or or really know how it will look. So we'll we'll wait and see if it changes. I sort of imagine since they've updated the website and it stayed um, the same, I sort of imagine they probably won't change to HRH. Well, and just for those that might not know, so the reason why, and like, I don't really want to get into the depths of this because it's complicated, but the reason why Archie and Lily were not born with prince and princess titles or HRH is because, I mean, we could get really into the weeds here, but the 1917 letters patent says that all grandchildren of the monarch are entitled to HRH styling and prince and princess titles. Well, when they were born, they were the great grandchildren of the monarch, right? And so um, that means that all eight of the queen's grandchildren have, have the opportunity at least to be HRH and prince and princess. Anne's children, Peter and Zara, Um, That was Anne's choice. They don't have HRH or titles. And then Edward and Sophie's kids. I don't know if they, I don't know if Louise and James have HRH, but they are Lady Louise and Viscount um, Severn. So, uh, but anyway, now, so now that Charles is the monarch, 
that means that all of his grandchildren are entitled to HRH stylings and prince and princess. But again, like I just said, I think it's Harry and Meghan's choice to not do that. Um, another thing I wanted to point out is people say, well, why did the Cambridge um, kids get HRH and prince and princess? And they were the great grandkids. Well, that's because the queen made a special rule because they are the children of an heir to the throne, William. Did I explain that? Well, that was off the cuff. We talked okay. about that um, on a previous episode. I think it was sometime after the Oprah interview came out when all of that was kind of in question and people were wondering about that. And we explained it and, and you did a great recap. That's exactly what we what we talked about is they were great grandchildren of mm-hmm. the current monarch. Um, so it didn't mm-hmm. apply to them. Um, and it looks like now they'll probably, um, they'll probably just stay master and miss. Yeah, so- there's that. Um, so on Sunday, September 11th, um, the Queen's coffin departed Balmoral around 10 a.m. Um, and it arrived to Edinburgh at 4 p.m. local time. It was draped in the Royal Standard of Scotland. It spent the night at the Palace of Holyrood House before leaving for London today. And I've watched um, you know, the footage of that and it's been very moving um, and, and really beautiful. Um, and I want to share just really quickly about Sunday. I, I mean, you've been watching, you've probably watched more on television than I have. I actually have not even turned the TV on once what I'm watching is like, like I said, like I'm, I'm way behind everything. Uh, and that's probably by design because it's, it is very triggering and, you know, I'm just trying to protect myself over here and do the marathon, not a sprint, but, um, an incredibly touching moment from Sunday was, um, and curtsy just about as deep as a person can curtsy to her mother as I'm getting goosebumps now talking about it. And, um, Anne has really, always been such a bedrock in this family such a cornerstone and she's she is that this week for sure and I just I I don't know if Anne would accept my hug but I would love to hug Princess Anne right now because she is so strong and um it's in such deep mourning well, she has the sense of duty, just like her mother, and she has incredible respect for the role that her mother, you know, has held. And we've seen that. And there was a lot of wondering the past few days about whether or not she was with her, you know, mom before she passed. And and I'm glad that we, you know, did hear from her that she spent those last 24 hours by her side. And as you said, she's remained by her side as um, the coffin has traveled around the UK. Um, but I saw that curtsy too it was um a really moving photo to see that definitely so on monday september 12th morning took place in the scottish capital of edinburgh for her majesty um there was a service of thanksgiving at saint giles cathedral um and I, i watched that as well king charles camilla princess anne Timothy Lawrence, Prince Andrew, Prince Edward, and Sophie were all in attendance there. Um, and the service was really beautiful. There was several passages from scripture read. They said the Lord's Prayer. Um, you know, we just, I watched the, um, you know, the full ceremony. All of her children walked behind her coffin in Edinburgh Monday. I saw them leave um, St. Giles Cathedral, and um, it was just, I thought it was a beautiful service. Yeah. And I haven't seen it yet. I will get there, but I'm just, I'm woefully behind. And on Monday evening, I find this so interesting. So speaking of Anne, she made some history 
yesterday on Monday, Charles, Anne, Andrew, and Edward conducted what's called the Vigil of the Princes as their mother's coffin laid in state at St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh, as we've mentioned. The four siblings stepped out beside their mother's casket, which still was draped in the Royal Standard of Scotland. It was on top of it was a floral wreath and the crown of Scotland. And Anne made history as the first woman to take part in this tradition. Of course, it's called the Vigil of the Princes, but um, she is a princess, obviously. But um, it's only taken place in Britain two other times when King George V died in 1936. And then again, when the Queen Mother died in 2002. And I should mention um, again that Anne is just so steadfast. She's been on every leg of this journey and with probably no end in sight. So today, which is September 13th, the day we're recording, the Queen's Coffin traveled by plane to London. Um, it arrived to Buckingham Palace this evening um, and Her Majesty will be lying in state at Westminster Abbey um, or Westminster Hall um, Wednesday, uh -huh. September 14th, the day that this um, episode airs. And of course, when she arrived um, tonight at Buckingham Palace, I believe the whole um, family, the royal family was there to greet her. So of course, it was the Prince and Princess of Wales, um, William and Kate, Charles and Camilla were there, um, Harry and Meghan were there. Um, of course, we know Princess Anne traveled um, from um, Scotland to London with the coffin. Um, and then, of course, the next four days, until Sunday, September 18th, mourners can pay their respects where she'll be lying in state um, in Westminster Hall. So Charles and Camilla are doing a, a bit of a tour of the United Kingdom right now. They were in Ireland today, Tuesday, to greet mourners. Um, Camilla, when asked, um, or I, I believe she's actually getting a compliment from a mourner. Um, she said, the, the mourner said to Camilla, you're doing a great job. And Camilla said, we're doing our best, which what else can you do when you're in this moment of grief? And so, I saw that, um, that story on Instagram today, the, the girl that shared it in Ireland, actually, we've talked about her before, but I follow her on Instagram and, um, she was there with, with a group and they went out and they were able to shake hands with Charles and Camilla. And, um, I saw them speaking to them on stories. So that was fun. Wow. You'll have to tell me what account that is that I, yeah. I want to check that out. So her majesty is lying in state. She will be lying in state. Um, her funeral or through the weekend, excuse me, her funeral is set for Monday, September 19th at 11 a.m. at Westminster Abbey in London. And then after the public service, there will be a private service for her family and her majesty's body will be laid to rest in the King George IV Memorial Chapel where Her Majesty's parents are already buried and where the ashes of her sister, Princess Margaret, are kept. Of course, if you know anything about royal family history, the that family of four, um, Queen Elizabeth's parents and her sister and her were incredibly close and they will all be laid to rest together. And not long after that, um, of course, Philip will join her there as well. So I am um, random Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth fact that I, I guess I didn't realize this or I'd forgotten it, that they had honeymooned at Balmoral. Um, I, I don't know if I knew that. And of course, we've said this on the show multiple times that Balmoral was one of her favorite places on earth. So there's some color commentary for your dinner party that that's where they honeymooned. And yeah, you know. I, don't, I don't know if I knew that either, actually. Um, 
I don't know. I may have heard it at some point, but I didn't, re- I didn't remember that. Yeah. So we also learned um, that Andrew and Fergie will inherit the queen's two corgis. Um, and it was actually Andrew and Fergie who originally gave them to her. So that makes sense. Um, and you just mentioned their honeymoon, um, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip and Balmoral. So here's another fun fact. She took her first corgi, Susan, on their honeymoon with them. Um, she, of course, everyone knows loves corgis and she loved Susan. And so she brought, she brought Susan along to Balmoral on her honeymoon. But when her majesty passed, she actually had four dogs. So she had two corgis, Mick and Sandy, a dorgy named Candy and a Cocker Spaniel named Lissy. So, um, we've talked about, of course, you know, all of the corgis before on, on the pod and she's had dozens over the years, but I saw online, the BBC actually created an illustration of her corgi family tree. (laughs) Wow. With all the dogs' names and who everyone descended from. And honestly, it was quite impressive and, of course, a little comical to you to, to see all the dogs listed out there. But um, Y'all, we are working overtime this week in the royal reporting world. We're, we're, <laughs> I didn't, obviously, I had nothing to do with the Corgi family tree, but I did write a story. So I have, a, I have an interesting tidbit for you that nobody asked for. So um, when the queen was ill in October of 2021, so you know, we, I don't think we thought she was going to pass away, but when she started to kind of become frail, the independent as in like the independent in the UK asked little old me to do a six story run for them only with these stories only to be published after her majesty's death. And one of the stories that they commissioned was what happens to the corgis now. And I wrote that story probably close to a year ago. And I've seen that story (laughs) that I wrote. I was like, God, I hope I got it right. Because um, (laughs) I've seen that aggregated all over the place. So people really care about these corgis, but yeah, um, we are, we are writing about everything over here uh, because people, you know, they're such a part of her identity, you know, and you, and I'm glad to know that they will be in safe and loving hands. I, um, I know that they'll be taken good care of. Well, one other thing I wanted to mention uh, per listener request. So we had a listener reach out and ask us um, on one of our Instagram posts, how is Angela Kelly? And that's a uh, good question. Yes. And of course, listen, listeners, you, you probably know Angela Kelly is a very close um, personal assistant to Her Majesty and has worked with her for several years. Um, but it was reported. So I believe um, she had she had moved in to uh, Windsor in May um, and was moved into a suite next to the Queen. So she was living there and it was reported this week that she will be allowed to continue to live at her current residence at Windsor Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I think I read that Queen Elizabeth actually granted her permission to do that before her death. They had, so they had worked out that detail, um, but they were incredibly close. Um, Angela Kelly was also part of the bubble of staff who were authorized to live in close quarters with Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip when um, the COVID-19 pandemic broke out and everyone was having to quarantine and you know you couldn't really venture outside of your your little bubble um so we know you know we know that she'll be staying there I haven't really heard any reporting on you know 
how she's been the past few days or what specific activity she's been involved in. Um, but it was really nice to know that the queen and her had talked about this and that she's being allowed to continue living at Windsor Castle. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that because they were best friends. I mean, she was the queen's dresser. She was the queen's dresser, but she was also her best friend. Right. It was more than a professional relationship. It had really turned into to a friendship. So I feel like so Angela Kelly had a book that came out, I think in 2019 or 2020, I got it for my mom for Christmas a couple of years ago, but I think she has a, I mean, at least she did. I'm not sure if it's still going to happen, but as either a second book that's just come out or it's about to come out. So I wonder if yeah. this will delay any of that. Do you know anything? I, I don't, I haven't heard about any delays. I believe I read it was a series of three books and I think mm -hmm. the two of them are out and there's one more that will be coming out soon. So, I mean, listeners, if you're curious about um, Angela Kelly and, and her experience working with the queen, there's maybe books you want to check out. Yeah. And I should mention that all of those books were approved by the queen. It's not like she's writing these like tell all behind her. I mean, obviously like they were very much like, if not commissioned, I don't think they were commissioned by the queen, but very much okayed by the queen. So um, that's, that's a good question. Another question that keeps coming up are, oh my gosh, this is, this is such a moot point y'all. We cannot stay on points like this, but um, the uniforms. So the uniforms keeps coming up. Um, Buckingham Palace, Palace announced Monday that only working members of the Royal family who hold military rank will wear uniforms to the queen's memorial events. So that means we'll see Charles and Edward and William in uniform. As for Andrew, who, of course, if you know anything about him, he does hold military rank. He is also not a working member of the royal family anymore. We have seen him in mourning dress heretofore, but a special exception has been made for him to wear a military uniform to the final vigil on September 19th, the family vigil, as a sign of respect for the queen. Harry will be in, who obviously is, uh, had a 10-year career in the military, but again, is not a working member of the royal family anymore. He will be in mourning dress and no uniform. And he has expressed his wish to keep the attention off of this and on his grandmother, which we're not really helping out with right now. Mm -hmm. But I know many of you are wondering, and it's our job to bring you the facts as we know them. So a spokesperson for Harry said, quote, his decade of military service is not determined by the uniform he wears. And we respectfully ask that focus remain on the life and legacy of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, end quote. So... Um, another thing I just thought of is, God, what about this book? Like, this is kind of a rhetorical question, but like, what about this, this memoir? I don't know. Um, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't have any, I mean, the memoir is due by the end of the year. Um, it's already kind of been signed, sealed and delivered, but I don't know what happens now. Do you have any thoughts? Um, no, I, I've thought the same thing. I don't know about the book. As far as the uniform, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think we take the focus off of that. Um, I was reading a lot of uh, stuff online about, you know, people having different opinions or talking about what it means to wear a military uniform and everything. And, and I saw some interesting points, you know, again, Queen Elizabeth, she planned out her whole funeral years and years in advance. So, you know, everything is going how it's supposed to go. We don't need to be going back and forth about, you know, the uniform. And also for American listeners, I didn't know this, but someone mentioned online, actually several people in the UK, um, it's not customary for veterans to wear their uniform. So if you have previously served in the military, um, 
you know, in the US, you, you may see a veteran, you know, in, in uniform, but in the UK, it's usually only kind of like, I guess, active duty or people currently serving. Mm-hmm. And, and if I got that wrong, I apologize. Somebody in the UK, let me know. But I, I read that from several people online today when I was um, uh, reading all the updates about the statement that was released. So I just wanted to kind of point that out. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so that takes us through, I guess, part one of the Royal Rundown. So that takes us from Thursday, which we already covered in episode 69, up to Tuesday evening. Of course, in our next episode, we will pick up where we left off, including the funeral. But that takes us to the present moment as we are recording. So now we're going to kind of move into part two of the Royal Rundown, which is the fact that we've been on vacation for, um, gosh, our last recording was August 9th. And our last episode was August 10th with James Patterson. That was a great interview. Please go back and listen to that if you want some lightheartedness. But um, yeah, we had a lot of um, a lot of listens on that interview. Uh, people really enjoyed yeah. that episode and uh, really liked hearing from him. Yeah. So um, we're going to move now into all other news that we haven't covered while we were on break um, from August 10th to September 8th. It kind of seems a little bit irrelevant, but we do still want to cover the high points and we are going to table some stuff. We're not going to get into to the nitty gritty of a lot of things, but um, I'm going to kick it off to you to start. I would have said the Cambridges, no more, the Waleses, um, <laughs> William, Kate and the kids. Yeah, you know, okay, before we jump into that, I thought it would be a weird transition, but so far I haven't had an issue with it. When I hear Prince and Princess of Wales, I'm thinking William and Catherine, and I haven't had a problem referring to them as that, um, and and I think that they are um, the right couple to inherit those titles. And um, I think that they will do a great job in that role. So um, I I know for a lot of people, it feels kind of weird. And I I totally get that. But I I don't know, I guess I've been kind of expecting that to happen at some point. Um, And I think I think it's very fitting that Charles went ahead and and gave them those titles. So Mm -hmm. um, we did say something about that really quickly. Sorry. Yeah, sure. It's just it's so wild, because of course, you know, Diana and Charles were the prince and princess of Wales so famously. And then when they got a divorce and then of course she died so soon after that, um, Camilla is technically, I mean, she was not anymore, but she was technically the princess of Wales. Of course, she never used that title publicly because Diana was so closely associated with it. She instead went by the Duchess of Cornwall title, but we really haven't had a public, you know, in the headlines, prince and princess of Wales for over 25 years. And so it just, it harkens back. I think it's, I think it's pretty cool that, you know, um, that the princess of Wales was William's mother and now it's William's wife. And, um, I'm still getting, I'm not having trouble calling them the Prince and Princess of Wales, but I always called the three kids, the Cambridge kids, and now it's the Wales kids. So that would be a little bit, it's just different, but anyway, I digress. Okay, go ahead. So we talked about this before our summer break, we were expecting William and Catherine to move into Adelaide Cottage um, and they actually did while we were on break. Um, So Adelaide Cottage is in Windsor, just a stone's throw from Windsor Castle. Um, But we're kind of thinking it won't be too much of a surprise if we hear that they're moving again at some point soon into Windsor Castle. Um, Now that Her Majesty has passed, um, that, that is available for them 
to to transition into there if if they decide to do that. So we'll look out and see what happens there. Can I just jump in here really quickly and tell you about the month of September that George, Charlie, and Louis have had? My God. Oh my goodness. So they get back from Balmoral. They move into Adelaide Cottage. They go to preview day at their new school on September 7th. They go to their, you're about to talk about this, their first day of school on September 8th. Their great grandmother dies. Now they have a new last name. Um, I, you're going to say this in a second, but I just think this fact is so wild that they started school on a Thursday with one surname and then come back to school on a Friday with a different one. It's not funny, but it's just, it's just it's the a weird, lot of change. It's the a lot weird of change. world of, yes, the weird world of Royals that we live in. Um, so I think to your point about, are they going to move? Yeah. I mean, I think eventually they will, but I heard William say, uh, he was quoted by one of the more, I mean, they're talking to million, not millions, but tons of mourners right now. And um, one of them said, William told him or her, I can't remember that they're just trying to keep it as normal as possible for the kids right now. And it, it, nothing is normal about this. They're grieving a loss as well, but um, well, I think it might be a minute before we see them move again. Cause they just moved like a week or two ago. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I would expect, I mean, look, they're great parents. They um, they know how to handle these situations. And I would expect him and Catherine both to be um, trying to keep things as normal and calm for the children as possible. Um, and so, you know, and there's really no rush for them to have to jump into a new residence. I think, you know, if they want to take a year or so and, and kind of get settled into their new neighborhood um, and then kind of figure out what they want to do, I think that makes complete sense. But um, like you just said, George, Charlotte, and Louis, they have started school. Um, all three are together for the first time at Lambrook School. Um, and so their first day was September 8th. Um, and as you just mentioned, they went in as the Cambridge kids. And um, the second day, September 9th, they came back as the Wales kids. So maybe, That's not funny. It's just so weirdly royal, you know, like, it's well, you know, probably not confusing for them, probably more confusing for their school friends, I would say. Are you going to um, come back on Monday with a different last, <laughs> just weird, the weird, the weirdness of, of everything, of the whole situation? But well, at least they, they didn't have to come back as the Cambridge Cornwalls. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> What if they, oh my gosh, what if they'd done the Cambridges, the Cornwalls, and then the Wales? It's just like the, the revolving door of people that don't have, I mean, I guess Mountbatten Windsor is the firm surname, but they, they will go by, William and Harry went by William and Harry Wales in school. So I would assume that George, Charlotte, and Louis will as well. Well, everyone looked, you know, super happy on Wednesday the 7th, which was their preview day before they started school. Um, we saw the whole family there. Um, we had Catherine and William walking all three kids up to meet there. I think it was their headmaster at the school, and we got some great photos from that. Um, of course, we didn't get official first day photos on Thursday because of the Queen's passing, but um, uh, but I'm excited for them to all be at school together. And I think Windsor will be a great new place for their family. And I think this fall, we'll try to plan some lifestyle content, uh, maybe around their, their new place. Yeah, I did some reporting on Lambrook and it sounds like a really, really cool place and just like beautiful countryside, just idyllic place for the kids to be. So Kate was scheduled to have a tennis date with Roger Federer this month for charity. That likely won't happen, at least not in September. Again, every Royals calendar is booked through at least September 26th now and probably beyond that as well. Same with William. He was due to be in New York City on September 21st. 
for the Earthshot Prize Innovation Summit, but since, of course, that falls in the seven-day mourning period after the Queen's funeral on September 19th, that likely won't happen either. But as far as I know, everybody's still all hands on deck, ready to go for Boston in December for Earthshot. So, um, all right, let's move into Harry and Meghan. Harry, Harry and Meghan are going to, especially Meghan, is going to get, um, I, I had I had some thoughts, but that's not, we're not going to do that in this episode out of respect. Um, Harry and Meghan were probably the most out front and in the spotlight during our break. Uh, the first three episodes of Meghan's Spotify podcast archetypes have aired, but Meghan, and I, I think this is absolutely the right decision. There should have been an episode today, September 13th, but the show is paused as well as any scheduled TV appearances. I think she was going to go on the Tonight Show. Um, she's paused all of that for the Queen's death, which I think is absolutely the right move. Um, as we have mentioned, copious amounts of times, Harry and Meghan were already in the UK when the Queen died. They were on a mini tour of sorts that started on Monday, September 5th in Manchester at the One Young World Summit. While there, Meghan, who was stunning in red, by the way, gave a keynote address in her first UK appearance since she and Harry's step back in 2020. The next day, the 6th of September, they flew off to Dusseldorf, Germany for the Invictus Games one year to go kickoff event. Um, I'm not sure what they did on the 7th, but they were due at the Wellchild Awards in London on September 8th, but obviously canceled. And um, Harry, or Harry went to Balmoral and Meghan stayed behind in Windsor. Um, Megan, while we were on break, also appeared on a controversial cover of The Cut, which debuted on Monday, August 29th. It honestly seems disrespectful to go into this now, so we are going to table this until October, but don't worry, we'll be back with thoughts because um, we, we have them, So, um, but not now, doesn't feel right. Also, while we were on break, Harry made a surprise trip to Africa and some other news rounding out the second part of the Royal Rundown. Yeah, it was also announced while we were on our break that Lady Louise, who is the daughter of Prince Edward and Sophie, Countess of Wessex, um, is headed to college and she's going to the University of St. Andrews, which is in Scotland. And listeners, I'm sure you know, this is where William and Catherine both went to school. It's where they met and they fell in love um, and they both have a fondness for St. Andrews and Scotland. Um, lots of great memories there. And Lady Louise is planning to study English. So, I mean, she has really just kind of grown up um, mm -hmm. quickly these last few years. I, I can't believe she's already headed off to college. I can't believe that either. And speaking of a college-aged William and Kate, the crown has cast its college age, William and Kate. They're all newcomers, or at least they are to me. Meg Bellamy will play Kate. Um, if you go, just Google Meg Bellamy to see what she looks like. They, and especially William, um, they do look like their real life counterparts. William will be played by multiple actors as his character ages. First, Rufus Campa, Campa excuse me if I'm mispronouncing that, and then Ed McVeigh. And finally, Diana's Charities received a huge payout to the tune of $1.6 million from the BBC as a part of the fallout from the BBC Panorama interview in 1995 with Martin Bashir, Centerpoint, the English National Ballet, Great Ormond Street Hospital Children's Charity, the Leprosy Mission, National AIDS Trust, the Royal Marsden Cancer Charity, and the Diana Award will split the $1.6 million equally the BBC said. 
So we have a very brief Royals Around the World segment to close us out. So go for it. Yeah, I wanted to mention this. Following the passing of Queen Elizabeth, Queen Margaret, the, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce her name. I'm going to say Queen Margaret II of Denmark is now the only reigning queen in Europe. And this year is actually a jubilee year for her. So she is marking 50 years on the throne. She's 82 years old. And apparently she's very well liked among the public. Um, I'm not super familiar with the Denmark royal family. We may have mentioned them a few times on the They've podcast. They've been on here a couple times, yeah. Um, but I thought that was really interesting to note this week. And she actually, um, you know, it's, it's a time of, should be a time of celebration for her, but she sent a sympathy message to King Charles this week saying that Queen Elizabeth was a towering figure among the European monarchs and a great inspiration to us all. We shall miss her terribly. And she also went so far as to scale back some of her own Jubilee celebrations this week out of respect for Queen Elizabeth and the UK's mourning period. So just another testament to the relationships Queen Elizabeth built over the years and, and the respect people across the world have for her. That is, that is another very class, class act right there. And list, new listeners, um, you should know that our main coverage area is the British royal family. But we, if, if we find a news item that interests us, we also like to cover other royal families around the world, including Denmark. Um, we really like Sweden, Monaco, Japan. We, we go all over the world. So um, stick with us for the best, I think, I mean, I'm biased, but British royal family coverage and definitely the best Royals around the world coverage. So plug, plug there for the show. Um, okay. Wow. So we just covered uh, about five weeks in, mm-hmm. in hopefully like roughly an hour. So anything else for the good of the order before we wrap up episode 70, which is like the antithesis of what we hoped our platinum Jubilee episode would be, but life is life. So anything else for the good of the order? No, um, you know, we're, we're, of course, glad to be back, although, you know, sad to be reporting on this news this week, but we do have, you know, for our new listeners, welcome, and we've got some fun content planned for this fall. So stay tuned and um, connect with us, you know, um, if you have questions for us, um, if you have something you'd like us to share on the podcast, whether that's um, your thoughts on something or uh, you want us to answer a question, um, definitely send it our way. I'd, I would love to, to read some more. I know we mentioned Angela Kelly from a listener this week, but if you've got anything else, send us a DM or an email um, and we'll talk about it on the show. Yeah. And I wanted to wish a happy early birthday to Harry, whose birthday is Thursday, the 15th. And I mean, it's just going to be a bad birthday, let's face it. But um, hopefully there will be some levity and some joy to be found. And actually, I don't know when we're doing our next episode, if we're going to do it back to back weeks, or if we're going to skip a week, we haven't talked about that yet. But my birthday is in the next couple of weeks as well. So from one September baby to another Harry, happy birthday. I'm, I'm sure you are taking the time to listen right now in the midst of your crazy season right now, but, um, we, we love, and, you know, like Siri, I mean this very sincerely, we deeply care about the entire family and we, um, we know how, how much this loss hurts us. So the family remains top of mind. Um, we can't imagine, and we are keeping the entire British Royal family in our prayers. And we mean that very sincerely. So, 
listeners, please don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Jessica kills it on Instagram. I'm so bad. I sometimes come in and like do some DMs, but um, Jessica's driving that ship and doing a great job. We are at Podcast Royal. Email us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com and please follow, rate, and review the show. Five stars would be a great birthday present. Um, We remain in deep mourning. I know you all are as well. We are on this journey together. Thank you for tuning into episode 70 of Podcast Royal. We'll be back with episode 71, which will include all of the funeral details and everything um, really rounding out the rest of Operation London Bridge. So please continue to take care of yourselves. And we want to say yet again, rest in peace, your majesty.